Good morning, church family. I'd like to read you a story today called The Gold and Ivory Tablecloth. It was first published in 1954 in Reader's Digest, written by a pastor coming out of New York State. At Christmas time, men and women everywhere gather together in their churches to wonder anew at the greatest miracle ever known. But the story I like best to recall was not a miracle, at least not exactly. It happened to a pastor who was very young, but his church was very old. Once, long ago, it had flourished. Famous people had preached from its pulpit, prayed before its altar. Rich and poor alike had worshipped there and had built it beautifully. Now the, the good days had passed from their section of town, but the pastor and his wife still believed in their rundown church. They felt that with some paint, a hammer, and faith, they could get it in shape, and together they went to work. But in late December one year, a severe storm whipped through their valley, and the worst blow fell on their little church. A huge chunk of rain-soaked plaster fell away from the inside of the wall just behind the pulpit. Sorrowfully, the, the pastor and his wife uh, swept up the plaster and took in the damage. And they couldn't hide this big ragged hole right there in the front and center of the church. But he looked at it and then he reminded himself by saying, thy will be done. The joyful purpose of the storm that had knocked a hole in the wall of the church was not yet clear. His wife realized, ah, oh, Christmas, it's only two days away. That afternoon, the couple went to an auction that was held to benefit a youth group. And the auctioneer opened up a box and he pulled out its contents. And it was a old, but good looking, gold and ivory lace tablecloth. It was beautiful to look at, although aged, it was nearly 15 feet long. Who had a use for such a thing these days? There were only a few bids for it, but then the pastor got an idea and he bid and, and won the bid for $6.50. You can tell how old the story is. He carried the cloth back to the church and he tacked it up on the wall behind the altar and it completely hid the hole. It was beautiful. It stood there shimmering in the light, handmade, obviously with great care, and it kind of cast a holiday glow over the front of the church. It was a great triumph. They were so happy, and he went back to preparing his Christmas sermon. Well, just before noon on Christmas Day, the pastor was opening up the church, and he noticed a woman who was standing just down the street at the bus stop out in the cold. He yelled down to her, the bus won't be here for another 40 minutes. Come on inside and get warmed up. And she did. She told him that she had been uh, coming from the city in that morning uh, for a job interview to be a governess to one of the children uh, from a wealthy family there in that town. But she hadn't got the position. She was a war refugee and she spoke with imperfect English. The woman sat down in the pew, kind of rubbed her hands together and she rested. And after a while, she dropped her head and prayed. She looked up as the pastor 
began to again adjust the um, tablecloth, trying to make sure that the hole was completely covered. And she rose up and went to the front of the church and she looked at the tablecloth. The pastor smiled at her and started to tell about the storm damage, but she didn't seem to listen. She took up a fold of the cloth and rubbed it between her fingers. It's mine, she said. It's my banquet cloth. She lifted up a corner and she showed the surprised pastor that her initials were right there in the corner. My husband had the cloth made especially for me in Brussels. There couldn't be another like it. For the next few minutes, the man and the pastor, the, the, the woman and the pastor talked back and forth excitedly together. And she explained that she was Viennese. She and her husband had opposed the Nazis and had decided to leave the country. They were advised to go separately. Her husband put her on a, on a train bound for Switzerland and he, they planned that he would join her as soon as he could arrange for their valuables, their household goods to be shipped across the border. She never saw him again. Later, she heard that he died in a concentration camp. I've always felt that it was my fault. My fault to leave without him. Perhaps these years of wandering have been my sort of punishment. The pastor tried to comfort her, and he urged her to take the cloth with her. She refused, and eventually it was time for her to load the bus. As the church began to fill that Christmas Eve, it was clear that the cloth was going to be a great success. It looked even better with the soft glow of the candlelight reflecting off the gold and ivory threads. After the service, the pastor stood in the doorway. Many people, as they left, told him how beautiful the church looked. And one gentle-faced, middle-aged man, he was the local clock and watch repairman, he looked rather puzzled. It's strange, he said in his soft accent. Many years ago, my wife, God rest her, and I owned such a cloth in our home in Vienna. My wife put it on the table, and he smiled, only whenever the, the bishop came for dinner. And suddenly the pastor became very excited. He told the jeweler about the woman who'd been in the church the previous day. The startled jeweler clutched the arm of the pastor. Can it be? Does she still live? Together, the two got in touch with the family who had interviewed her, and then in the pastor's car, they started for the city. And as Christmas Day was born, this man and his wife, who'd been separated through many saddened tides, were reunited, reunited once more. To all who heard the story, the gentle purpose of the storm that knocked a hole in the wall of the church was now quite clear. Of course, the people said it was a miracle, but I think you'll agree it was the season for them. The end. I don't know if this story is true. I'd like to think that it is. But it reminds me uh, of an even better story. A story like this one where two people, two groups were separated by a horrible war, uh, but once again brought together at last. Of course, I'm thinking of the story of Christmas, when a baby called Emmanuel, God with us, came down 
not wrapped in gold and ivory, but wrapped in a simple piece of cloth, came down to this world to bring back together the family of God. Through his life, through his death, he provided a permanent solution to the separation problem. Christmas is all about togetherness. Thinking back to the time when God came down here to live together with us and looking forward to that day when we'll all be together again. I don't know what traditions you celebrate around this time, maybe none, maybe many in your home. But during this holiday season, don't forget about Emmanuel. Let him be the center of all that you do. And if you've drifted a little from him, if there's some separation in your heart today, why not take some time right now in your heart to invite him back in, to ask him to end the separation and to tell him you're looking forward to seeing him again soon when he returns. Merry Christmas. Let's pray. Loving Heavenly Father, we're so grateful that when we were separated, lost without you, you came down and found us. We can't wait to see you face to face. We can't wait to um, enjoy the, the pleasures of heaven forevermore, but, but we're looking forward to seeing you, getting to know what you look like, talking to you in person, face to face, we don't deserve it, but thank you, Jesus, for providing for us uh, your garments, the, the righteous robe of your righteousness. And because of that, our sins can be washed away and we stand before you perfect and clean. Thank you for this. We love you and we're looking forward to seeing you. In Jesus' name.